Bobby T and Julio G He likes the Pats, I like the Jets Hoping we can win some bets It's a bay in sports, we have a blast Running fast like we in the flats Yankees talk, we do it all Don't forget about basketball Hockey to begin the brawl It's a little bit of everything today. We're getting started. We're excited. Got a lot to talk about. Looks like the Warriors, once again, are just going back to where they belong, the finals, taking care of business against the Trailblazers. Got a little bit of everything. Basketball, baseball, even some football catastrophe that we'll get into. God. However, hockey as well, brother. And we got hockey, yep. Kenley Cup could be clinched tonight for the Blues if they get it done. They're up three games or two. But Game of Thrones, how could we forget God? We cannot forget what we saw that TV and Joey's theater on Sunday. I'm still, I don't know how I feel about it fully. It was very, it was a controversial ending, I'll definitely say. It would definitely left us wanting more, but that's what the finale is supposed to do. But there were certain aspects of it that I definitely would have changed. There's a lot of things you that I think changed? we could have definitely changed. I'm curious to see what you think, but we'll get to that later. So how do you want to start this thing? I don't even know where to begin with all this. Well, I'm going to start it like this. Wanna go Welcome to another first? edition to oh. G&T Sports Talk. I'm Bobby Thompson. I'm Julian Gillardi. And you know how I think we should start this off? Let's start it off what everyone wants to talk about. Got. Let's start it. Okay, yeah. So Game of Thrones, what a crazy ending. And Bran becomes the king. And no, I'm not stuttering. It's not a mistake. Bran, the cripple. Who fell out the window after Jamie Lannister caught him? After he caught Jamie Lannister having sex with his sister <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it is. That's Game of Thrones for you. And then Bran became crippled, became a three eyed raven. And then Tyrion famously says, What better for a broken man to become the king? And now Bran is the king. All I can say is, Wow. I was pretty shocked. I was pretty shocked to not only see Bran become king, but also see a water bottle underneath somebody's chair oh, during the filming. A, we have another fiasco with the water bottles in the Starbucks situation. So, um, yeah, that's Game of Thrones didn't quite figure that out, I guess. No, but I will say this. The ending was very, very uh, confusing. It leaves you like wanting more, and that's yeah, exactly what it's supposed they to want do. you to do. I could tell you this right now. One of the greatest shows, if not the greatest show on television, also from HBO, which you're starting now, yeah, The Sopranos. Sopranos. Yes, I'm going to enjoy that Soprano wave. Which it's Soprano season for me. In my oh, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> it is literally you could watch. I literally I watch The Sopranos all the time. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. You watch on HBO, and not only HBO but any other TV show. However. The ending to that show was one of the worst endings I've ever seen. And for those of you, well, Julian doesn't know. I'll give he since he knows a little bit. Here's a little spoiler: it just fades to black. Well, I know that. Yeah, that's about all. I know some stuff, but yeah. it left us with wanting more. However, that's what happened with with Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So Game of Thrones, let's run down everything quickly. So Bran becomes king and Sansa becomes queen in the north. That's all she asks is that he doesn't do the seven kingdoms, so he actually rules the six kingdoms because Sansa is in control of the north. She's queen of the north. And I was pretty close to my guess of her becoming the 
queen of everything. I was very close. She was basically second in command, so I missed by a touch. Daenerys was my guest in the beginning, and she basically had it, but she blew a 3-0 lead, basically. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she just got a little too crazy, and Jon Snow had to put the dagger in her. And it's really shocking that he did that, but not exactly shocking, but it's just not the type of thing he would do, and you know that he really didn't want to do it, so he realized how severe the situation was, and that's what made him do it. It really broke his heart, too, because I really think he was in love with her. I really do. And it bro and the fact that he had to put the dagger in her because she... And I've been saying this for weeks. What I saw she's from... Thanos. She da Daenerys <laughs> Thanos Jr., right? is Thanos. She <laughs> did exactly what her father was going to do and wiped out an entire city. Mm -hmm. She wiped out Aaron Rodgers. Ha ha. Oh, yeah. She... Literally, she killed children. She killed mothers. She killed everybody. It did not matter. And as long as you were in King's Landing, you were getting did, killed. Did you did you notice something? And she kept it, killing people too. In the end, I think that's what John's final straw was actually because she kept killing the people that like the few survivors that were left. She had Grey Worm in the end. So he killed him. John was just like, "You don't gotta do this. Like you already killed everyone." And then she was like, "Nah, I gotta kill him." I, and he's like, "Nah, I'm not gonna. We can't let this happen." I also think he was scared for Arya and Sansa how she would have rolled over them because she did also say she was going to go to Winterfell as well so I think John didn't want to see all this stuff take place and Tyrion really struck some sense into him yeah um, that was a big scene when he was talking to him as he was getting cast away and I think that's what really made John realize alright I gotta kill her yeah um and I will tell you this when she lands with the dragon and she's walking towards all the soldiers did you see that scene where she's walking? It's like the wings are behind her. Yeah. That was one of the sickest scenes I've ever seen. It, it was actually awesome. reminds me of uh, Force Awakens when yes, he's up it, on the platform. Yep. And he's like, we're going to take over the galaxy. We're oh. One by one, we're going to destroy oh, each planet. When, when General Hawks <laughs> is yes. saying, like, all the systems will <laughs> yeah, to the yes. first order. It, yeah. it, was, it was a really good correlation with that. It, and the thing <laughs> is, too, is is it was, it was a badass moment. And... When Tyrion comes up and she goes, you, uh, you freed your brother, and and what he goes, you and you killed trillions. Yeah, that was an interesting thing too. And, and he rips he, off the pin. That was a big scene as well. And I thought Tyrion was gonna die, but this man just can't die. He's escaped death numerous times, as you'll see since you're gonna start watching. But this guy's indestructible. Apparently, he's an imp, and somehow he gets out of every situation he's almost died in, and he just he just can't die. It's like John Wick. Oh. <laughs> See how we're doing all these references it's, here? It's like, he, in a way, Jules, can you tell he's like immortal in a way? Luterian? Yeah. It looks, yeah, like there's no situation he can't talk himself out of. It seems like he's he's, he's the king of bullshit. Of bullshit. I think if you wanted to hire a lawyer, you would want to hire a lawyer just like Tyrion, literally. Yeah. He could get you out of the biggest pickle. I he also had two trials by combat that so he survived both of them. Basically. I don't understand. But, like, one of them was, like, he got, like, I won't give away too much, but someone helped him get out once, that's all I'll say. And then, um, so how else, what else happened with this? I just didn't like how it ended for John because John basically freed the realm, and he still got cast away back to the Night's Watch. But the two good things is that he didn't want to be a king anyway, so he doesn't have to deal with that hassle, and he gets to be with his buddy Tormund at least, and he and he and he rectifies not petting the dog, which really rubs a lot of people the wrong way, including myself. So that was a good scene that got me. I feel like they added that one in like at the end after all the backlash they received yeah. for him not petting the dog. Yeah, um, that was kind of upsetting. That dog, and then uh, I saw something on Twitter. There was like a, uh, I don't know if you saw it. 
they had a bar of all these people, and I think it was for a soccer game. And they put tear, uh, John Snow paying the dog, and everyone went nuts. It's one of the oh, funniest really? things. Yeah, I it was didn't real. See that. I, I got to find that. it, and I'll show it to you. And then now, let's talk about the future possibilities because maybe the book's not closed. I've heard a couple things that there could be a prequel about Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon before the show because. When the show starts, Ned and Robert was actually the king, and Ned was like his hand, kind of, way, right. but way back when, which you'll see. And then um, they also, my our good buddy Dylan, who I'll talk about a little more later, he also has some final stuff he wants to share. He thinks there could be two spinoffs potentially from this. He thinks he could see a situation. He thinks Arya is 100% going to get a spinoff, see how she explores West to Westeros, which could technically be the United States, you know. And they say that Westeros might be Europe in theory. So imagine she discovers America. That'd be ironic. Huh. And then um, he also thinks there could be a spinoff with Jon Snow exploring, like, what he does, like, all the way cast away. Like, if he, like, tries to build a new, like, I guess, group or something and, like, tries to form, like, a new alliance with some people. And, um, like, a king north of the wall or something like that, he was saying. And oh, then yeah. there also could be a spinoff of Grey Worm, they think, what he ends up doing back on Melisandre's home island, which is where he was going to. Because I'm not sure, like, what his plan was with that. That's why I was curious to see, like, what how that would have ended up. And I just think, like, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's just upsetting that it's over. But what a run forgot. I mean, the last season, it didn't have, it, it didn't exactly live up to the hype for me. I think a lot of people felt a little disappointed with it. It just felt a little bit rushed. Like, I was telling you. How, like, they didn't even explain how they caught John and, like, how, like, they... And, and then they just see them, like, sitting in the meeting. Like, they don't, there's no flash show or nothing. It's just, like, it skips the scene, and it's just, like, them sitting, talking about who should be the king, and then they're, like, we got John, and then Tyrion gets out, but then no one ever explains when this happens. You know what? I agree 100% with that because um, that was very confusing. When I'm watching it, I was like, so... How did we get are, here? are they like gonna search for him? Like, yeah, if, like if the episode <laughs> led to them going on a wild goose chase for Jon Snow, I would be okay with that. The fact that they've you have you're right. They don't tell you how he got captured. They don't tell you literally how everyone found out that he killed her. So that literally leaves a big hole and. I, I, a lot of TV shows do this, Jules, and it's mm-hmm. really annoying. I, I hate this. Ha- yeah, I feel like it I want more. more I'm should. a detailed type of person. I need more detail. Yeah, like I always look up the summaries and stuff, and I like try to see, but yeah. You, they didn't have nothing. anything? I didn't even, I didn't really get the chance to look yet. And also the episode didn't have a recap, which I was really upset about. And it's the last one. It's just, I guess they just want to leave it open-ended. It's just, it's a really What do you usually read the recaps from? Do you have like No, a like there's Wikipedia actually does good ones from the plot. If, when you start watching, you should probably do that. I recommend it and then um also they recap it after a show like they also break down a couple critical oh. scenes oh, a lot okay. but they didn't do that in this one i was like damn like i wanted to see what everything was about but we gotta move past thrones i think because we have so much other stuff yes to talk we do about, but that's what thrones does to you <laughs> yeah it just gets us caught up but so nba warriors again five straight championships i mean i'm getting sick of seeing the same thing over and over again but i gotta respect the greatness i'm seeing on the floor your boy Draymond's putting up great numbers. I actually have his stat line here. Stephen A. said it the best way. He's an underappreciated star, and he's and that's exactly that. He's taken the, the pressure off of Curry, off of Thompson, and put it on himself, and this is how he's supposed to play. Mm-hmm. When KD is not on the floor, brother, mm-hmm. what has he done? He's he has taken up. the burden, and then there now you got to worry about him because they weren't paying it. To, if, Jules, last year, 
And the few and the, since they've had KD, have they paid attention to Draymond? I don't think so. No, not really. Now they got to focus on him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with so that. So he basically averaged a triple double the whole series, which is just four games because it was a sweep, of course. But 16 and a half points, basically just shade under nine assists, a shade under 12 rebounds. He was exceptional. But Stephen Curry, 36 a game, along with seven and a half assists. He's the, the, the baby faced assassin, just keeps killing it on the floor. <laughs> and your buddy, Clay Thompson, at 22 a game. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, both very disappointing series. I mean, they averaged 22, but they both shot under 40%. Damian, eight and a half assists, CJ, four and a half, but they were just overmatched. Like, they had no shot out there. And you want to know something from watching these games? Damian Lillard was not himself. Well, he was injured, too. I'm sure you, we, you were going to talk about that, yeah. I'm assuming. But Dame, um, yeah, they said... They didn't get had, him had, at his full 100%. No, he had a rib issue, apparently, in game two. They were saying he may have separated a rib or broken a rib or something. So he was grinding through that. But like you said, he wasn't his same self. And the Trailblazers were hapless. I mean, without him playing top ball, they have no shots to beat the Warriors. And you saw it take place. I thought they may have had the shot game three, up 13 and a half at home. I thought maybe they would get that, but nope. They were up 17 in Oracle, but they didn't get that one either. But they just they just couldn't last. Like, the Warriors were just too much. They just Even without Durant, their depth was way better. And it's incredible. This team has made five straight championships, and we haven't seen anything like this because Michael Jordan's teams got cut off because he went to play baseball, so he, they didn't make their six straight. I think the last time this happened was Celtics, I saw. And we saw LeBron make eight straight, but that was with two different teams. Yeah, not with one team. This team is this absolutely This is unprecedented, especially in the modern day of sports. No no one has done this. No. Even your Patriots have. What's the most time you guys made in the road? Two or three? In the Super Bowl? Yeah. If we make it this year, and I hope we do, it'll be three in a row. We've You've been, done three before, haven't you? We, we No, we've or done two in two. a row. It's when just we, a lot of various 2000, twos. 2003, 2004, we went back to back. And last when we lost to the Eagles, well, and now, two, yeah, yeah. And now, so if we get back this year, three in a row, I mean, I'm hoping we'll see what happens. But Well, no, it's three now currently, isn't it? Because you guys beat Falcons, lost to Eagles, and you beat, and you beat Rams. You guys have made three in a row. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's three in a row. See? Jeez. That's three cha- Super Bowls in a row, and they've won two out of three in, those, in that You time. know, I really think the Patriots and Warriors are similar in a lot of ways, that they're both in their opponents' heads, and those yep. deficits too large for them. It <laughs> seems like the opponent's always like, damn, we can't beat these guys. Like, no matter what happens, they get rattled easily, and, like, as soon as things start to go the other way, it seems they just fold. How many times have we seen this with both teams? Like, the Warriors make a run, they come to the deficit, and it's over. Like, they were down 13-9, and, like, once they take the lead, you're like, all right, well, we'll see you, Portland. Thanks for playing. Same thing with New England. They, they, they were down, I'm sorry to bring it up, but they're 28 down 28-3. to, three. to three. Yeah. And here's another thing you could say, too, is in the championship game against the Chiefs, they were up, they were down, and when they were down, they just found a way to come back. Yeah. That wasn't as bad as the yeah. situation in Atlanta, but yeah. yeah, I mean, well, not in Atlanta, but you know what I mean. Yeah, with the, the Falcons, yeah. So, on the other side, we're going to get to finals talk. I want to go over, how about Bucks raptors The game that was the other night. Let's get into this one a little bit. We had a double overtime thriller. and It's it's amazing. That's actually a really good series. It's yeah. turning into a really good game. Game four is tonight, I, and the Raptors on their home floor. I actually think they're going to end up winning this game to tie the series at two. How do you feel about this tonight? You know what? I think Kawhi's going to take over. I agree with you. I watched the other night 
uh, the Greek freak. That I will tell you this, Jules. That team for the the Bucks, they are stacked. They are yeah, very underrated. Very deep, yeah. But I, you know what? The Raptors, they're going to keep it alive. They're going to get this this dub. As will you, they protect the North? Yes, they will. They will protect the North. <laughs> and Jurassic I, Park going to be going crazy tonight. Yep. Jurassic Park is going to go nuts, and those and those Raptors are about to go off. They're going to go eat those bucks alive. Well, no, no. <laughs> well, well, I think it might be a good game. No, but it's going to be a good Giannis game. Giannis really struggled, and Kawhi Leonard, was, he was 2 for 12 when Kawhi was guarding him. I saw that stat the other day, which is very notable. Kawhi is the Darrell Rivas of basketball. <laughs> yeah, right? That's a good analogy. There you go. So Kawhi, uh, Giannis only had 12 points, but he still had 23 rebounds and 7 assists despite only scoring 12 points. So Giannis still had a good game. He fouled out, actually, and, you know, that's a concerning thing for the Raptors is that they had to go to double overtime, even though Giannis fouled out. That's not a great sign, although I think they'll figure it out tonight because they have to, and they realize if they go down 3-1, it's over. There's no way they're coming back against this team. They're not going to win two games in Milwaukee. No chance. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. But Jordan Chill's been stepping up for the Bucs. He had 24. Your buddy Brooke Lopez has been going hard for the Bucs with 16. It, it's He's amazing. Re- the, Bu- the Bucs have brought Lopez back. He's had a second win with the Bucs. How about a resurrection? Yes, My the Bucs have resurrected his career. And for only $3 million, what a bargain it ends up being. Cheap. And then Brogdon had 20 points. The Bucs have so many people. Like you said, they're very underrated. Like, no one knows much about the team besides Giannis, but it's not just the Giannis show. If you don't pay, if you don't pay attention to them and you take them lightly, they're going to kick your ass. That's what yeah, they do. Yeah, the Bucs, yes, they'll sneak up on you. And then for the Raptors, it was the quiet show, like you said. He had 36 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. Pascal Siakam was had a breakout season at 25 as well. He's really become the second option for this team ahead of Kyle Lowry, Absolutely. which is really an indictment on Kyle, but Pascal's been playing well. Lowry only had 11 points, five assists. He's got to be way better if this team's going to do anything, and he's going to have to show up tonight if they're going to get it done. Also, Danny Green and Bram Fleet were absolutely horrendous. They were combined two for 20. That's not going to work again. Those guys got to start hitting their threes as well. Those are the guys that got to start clicking. The Raptors need more than just Kawhi and Siakam to show up. And Gasol's been doing his thing 16 and 12, so okay, I'll give him some credit too. But you, to beat the Bucks, you need multiple people to pour it in. As you can see, the Bucks have many guys that do that. I think the Bucks and the Warriors are very evenly matched. It's going to be a crazy series if and when it happens. Yeah, but like you said, I think that the game plan for the Raptors tonight is they got to start off hot early. They yeah. gotta force turnovers, uh-huh. and one of the game and a game plan is you gotta get Giannis in foul you gotta trouble. Use those double teams on Giannis yep, and get him. You gotta get him in foul trouble. And use the home court to your advantage. Get the crowd behind you. Run yeah. it up quickly, like you said. That's that's how you win playoff basketball games at home. You run it up quickly and you just get them shell shocked so they can't come back. Don't take the, and don't take it easy. Keep the pe- the foot on the gas pedal yes, and keep it going. That definitely applies when you're playing the Bucks, but especially especially when you're playing the Warriors. Oh. You can't let up on those guys for a sec because they'll come back in this, in, in a minute. You'll see four threes before you even look. Before you look up, you don't even know what happened. You could you could sneeze and they'll and they'll they'll score like fifteen points in a matter of two minutes. It's crazy. I can't wait to preview the finals. That's going to be exciting. I'm mean, I'm really looking forward to the finals. This it's, finals this will is be really way more fun. fun than the LeBron James one. Except the only LeBron James final that was actually fun was the one that the Cavs won. Other than that, they were very boring because the Warriors oh, basically where, won them all pretty easily. Yeah. Besides expe- that, oh, one. With your, the one where Kyrie. Uh, yes, yeah, my boy Irving hit the dagger. Getting into some Knicks gear soon, hopefully. Huh. <laughs> okay, now that's a good transition. So Knicks, Bobby was over my house, and I he was not 
thrilled about this. Bobby, is, I think he's going to look up the video he took of me. I can't. Uh, you could play it if you want, maybe. But you know what? Play it. You know what? You guys want to get a little treat? Here we go. <laughs> if you, I, I will say this. If young kids are listening to this ever, <laughs> you, listen. Should, okay, this is my reaction to not getting Zion. And you so, can just play it through the speakers. But end it like after like all the good stuff happens. Don't like wait. You know what I mean? So this is Julian's <laughs> reaction. And with a mix of Julian's dad with the best thing and you'll hear it during the show was one of the funniest oh, this things was when the lakers because yeah. here's what happened like let me break it down quickly so the lottery's going on and i see all this crazy stuff starts to happen like lakers in the top four uh, pelicans in the top four grizzlies in the top four suns got shafted with the six bulls got shafted with the seventh pick cavaliers fifth i'm just like oh boy we're in the top four but there's three teams that had no business being in there like this new lottery system where the Three worst teams get 14% odds. I guess it's really playing some tricks. Yeah, it's really I, – I don't like the way they changed it, too. I liked it the, the other yeah, way. Yeah, because we would have had a 25% chance, and then it got cut to 14. Of course, the year we have the worst record, that would happen. It's just typical Knicks. Now, I'm a Nets fan, and I don't like the Knicks by any means, but I thought it would have been cool to see Zion with them. So, Well, he was upset himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, all right. so here is <laughs> Julian's is reaction. reaction to the Knicks not getting the first overall pick. I think you could call it, brother. That was all the good stuff, basically. I want to see what you say at the last thing, which is great. Yeah, so I kind of lost control in that situation. <laughs> I guess that's that, a mild way to I will it. tell you this, though. If the Lakers got the first overall pick, I was going to probably go. You, you would have heard me screaming, too, because that's just unfair. Yeah, just the Lakers unfair. had a 2% chance, but they somehow ends up with the fourth pick. All right, NBA, sure thing. And then the Knicks, of course, get no help, like always, and then... The Grizzlies somehow get the second pick, which they don't deserve at all. I mean, I guess they now they can replace um, Connolly with Morant, I guess, and trade him, so that helps them more. And then the Pelicans will get Zion. He was not so thrilled, but now they've changed the tone. I'm sure he's going to play for them, unfortunately, but it's just a fucked-up situation. And I was just upset because I wanted Zion for months, and this is what our whole season was about. But now we don't end up with him. We get the third pick. And we had 17 wins. We had the worst record in the league, but we got the third pick. Okay, I guess we didn't go down technically because we were the worst three, but the Knicks haven't gone up since 1985 for Patrick Ewing. They've either stayed the same or gone back in every single lottery, which makes no sense to me. Like, how do you get that unlucky for that long? Yeah, it's. I, I will tell you this. The luck of the Irish is definitely not with the New York Knicks. No, um, not at all. Listen, 
all during the draft lottery, you saw everyone talked about the last time the Knicks were in this position, they went out and they got Patrick Ewing. Yeah. And, and Richard Jefferson guaranteed that we get the first pick. So now he looks like the idiot as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny how he he could even get like predict that with all the uh, anyway um I just think that you know what Zion definitely would have the mark the New York market loves this guy and I I think that he's definitely not happy I know that for a fact to go play in New Orleans New Orleans is a basketball dump it's a football city and it's it's a horribly run team. That's why Anthony Davis wants out. But now I think they're going to try to convince him to stay, which I still can't see happening. Do you think there's any chance he stays with Zion, or do you think he'll still get out? I think Zion's going to literally have to beg at his knees to literally stay. <laughs> uh, listen, KD, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. AD. AD, huh. AD, Anthony Davis, deserves better than what he's getting. He is he is the Pelicans. He deserves better. He needs to go to a, another team. I'm sorry. He needs to go somewhere else where they can maximize his talent, where he can win, he can compete every single year. And, you know, I talk about this all the time, Jules. I talk about guys who are MVP type of players and championship type of players. And I think if he gets on a, on a team, you know, what's – a guy or two around him. Listen, he can't do it by himself, okay? No. He can't. No. And you can't put that pressure on him. He's never been in that position before, even in college. He had pl- great players mm-hmm. around him. Yeah, you make a good point. So help the man. Mm-hmm. And the Pelicans did not do that. They no. did, They are not helping him. I guarantee you if the Pelicans went out and got a player. I'll give you an example, Jules. They went out and say, what do you think about this? Let's Back in the it. day, they – AD said, you want me to stay here? Go and get me Kevin Durant. They went out and got him Kevin oh. Durant. He well, would have yeah, stayed because the two of that, it would have been a one-two punch. They don't have that. They Could get have happened in New York. Now, that's the thing. Now, you know what? I'm going to ask you this. I know they were talking about the Knicks getting AD if they had the first pick trading for it. Mm-hmm. Now, since you don't get Zion, now are you more comf- entertained with the option of getting AD? I am, but, like, I'm also trying to... I'm not as pissed about R.J. Barrett as I was back then. I was just, like... And that was a week ago today. I was more upset about not getting Zion and, like, having to sell for R.J. Barrett. But R.J. did a good job at Duke. He had 22.5, 7, 6 rebounds, 4, 3 assists. I mean, he shot 45% from the field. I mean, he can play, but it's just not Zion. But may, some people think he could be a better pro. He fits the current structure better because he's like a, a wing. That like that seems to be the new thing in the NBA with the small forward, power forward type thing. But I think I actually am starting to warm up to drafting RJ. I actually think we should take him. If we train him for Davis, I wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world. My problem with Davis is that knowing the Knicks luck, he would break down an injury or something. And also, I'm all, I'm speaking of injuries, I'm also considering Durant what's going on. That he would break down with injuries if we sign him. Because he's not playing. I don't know how bad that cap stream really is. Is it deeper than that? Is it more serious than they're telling us? Will he be back for the finals? These are all big questions. I need answers. Yeah, it's um. If it's in the Achilles, then I would. Oh man, that would be horrible. But I don't think it is. I think he's escaped that for the most part. I just don't know how serious this injury is. Obviously, I think if it was the Achilles, I think that we would have heard about yeah, it already. I don't think it actually is. I guess not. Especially yeah. he want to get operated on right away. Especially because of the free agency yeah, coming that's up. Yeah, true. But 
They're saying if it's a grade one cap strain, it could be like three to four weeks maybe. But if it's grade two, they think it could be longer maybe. But I guess no one really knows exactly. It, it's very unclear if he'll be back for the finals. But he has a really long time to figure it out. There's 10 days, so will he be back? Some people say they don't think he'll be back for the beginning of it, but maybe at some point in the series. I don't. There's no definitive answer on this, though. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna tell you what. What do you think? You think he'll be back or no? I think he. Think? I think he's gonna fight through it. I think he's gonna come back. He might not play game one, but I think he'll play game two. Um, that's my prediction. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, the Warriors have not been playing with them, and what have they been doing? They've been winning games. Yeah, they it's have. A, it's a similar thing to what the Yankees are doing right now. We don't have <laughs> yeah, our stars, we'll and we're winning soon. games, and we're in first place. So, Warrior. The only thing that's different about this story is that. They would not have the home court if they play the Bucks. I believe. They would actually have to play more games in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. And if they and let's say Durant doesn't play the first two and they lose the game at home, things might get a little dicey maybe. It, it's going to be – It's not like the Warriors can't win on the road, but it, this is their toughest test of the season by far. They haven't played a team in the Bucks caliber all year. So it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening. But without Durant, I think it could be an interesting series. With Durant, I still have to give the Warriors the edge. But I'm not gonna give too much of the picks yet. We'll have to see what the whole story is. I'm not and what's not the Bucks are still playing the Raptors like it's not over yet. I mean, we think they're gonna make it, but maybe the Raptors have a surprise. Who knows? Yeah. But I, if we do a Davis trade, I think it should look something like this. I'm trying to be realistically fair about this. I would give the pick Kevin Knox, maybe Dennis Smith, but I'd rather not. If we can save him off. Uh, throwing Neil Akeen up for anything, I don't even care. And then some, maybe one of the first rounders that Dallas gave us. Okay. I don't want to give up all the first rounders. I don't want to give up Mitch Robinson. Those are my two no-nos if we do the trade with the Pelicans because I don't think Mitch should be giving up. on. He was one of the few bright spots we had. I just don't really want to break up the young court in Knicks. I would rather go the route of keep the core and then hope to sign Irving and Durant. Yeah. I think that would be a better plan that's more sustainable for long-term success because Davis is only 26. It's not like he's ancient, but it's still RJ's like 19 to 20, so that's a huge difference, six yeah. years. I'm not saying RJ will be as good as Davis, but if he's if he's a productive player, it will end up being better long-term because he wouldn't have to give up the other assets to get that would have required to get Davis. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. Do you... Where do you what do you how do you think this ends for Davis? Because you know the Lakers, the Pelicans are very stubborn with the Lakers, and they do not want to budge on sending him there. That's what it seems to be. Yeah. Do you think there's a team like the Celtics or like someone that could come out of nowhere if it's not Knicks or Lakers that can go get him? Do you have any sleepers for him? I personally think that um, a sleeper team for AD. Want to call me crazy? Yeah. I'm gonna go crazy. Uh, I think the Nets. Really? Yeah, I think the. That's answer, an interesting one. I think the. I think. Who the, would they trade? You think? How would it look? Uh, knowing them, they're gonna probably ask for D'Angelo Russell. Probably. The only thing is, yeah, I'm and trying to think how this would go because you're gonna. I don't know how quick this could happen because you're gonna have to re-sign D'Lo, and I think there's a certain amount of days you could trade him. But if they were really interested in that and like there was an agreement, I guess he could wait longer. Right. But, yeah, I think it would have to start with Russell, I'm assuming. But I don't think you want another take of Paul Pierce and uh, Kevin no. Garnett trying to give up all the first-round picks. No, no, I don't want that. at least at this point, he would be 26 compared to getting two guys who are over the hill. Yeah, But I, what else, what do you think it would look like, realistically? What do the I? the Nets were going to go get Davis, like, what else do you think they have to give up besides Russell? I think it's going to take... Uh, 
It's going to take at least, I'm going to say, at least two first-round picks, definitely. And then probably another player or two at least. And I would say Allen would be a good start, your center. And then maybe Dimwitty or Levert. Dimwitty, yeah, I like Dimwitty. Yeah, well, yeah, they're going to want a lot of good assets for him. That's the problem with trading for him. That's why I'm very gun-shy about trading it's, for I, him. Cause I'm like... You're on the fence, too, if you would do it. Yeah. Because it's like, he's a great player, but you have to give up a lot to get him. And, I, you know, we saw how that crippled the Knicks of the Carmelo Anthony trade. Yeah. I mean, and you saw what happened when you did your trade. But like we said, this is a different story. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Davis. And the NBA is really becoming interesting again, which is cool because it was getting boring for a little bit. Now it's starting to be like what it used to be, and it's all exciting. Yeah, and I think next year, all the free agency and all the, all these teams are going to look way different. You know, the offseason is always the most exciting part about the NBA, and this oh, year is yeah, no exception. <laughs> Although the finals with Bucks warriors will be good. I'm going to say if that happens, it'll be very good. Yeah. So hockey, let's do a quick rundown. So now we have the the Blues are up. They won 5 nothing. They're up three games to two. Now, tonight, they have a chance to close out the Sharks at home, up three games to two, like I said a million times already. And then we're going to do our hockey show. That's going to be the next show we end up doing, most likely. Yeah. With our buddy Scott and everything. And the Stanley Cup is slated to start Monday, Memorial Day. So that's very interesting. And I'm just going to ask you, do you think the Blues get it done tonight, or do you think we see a Game 7? Call me crazy. I think you're going to see Game 7. I say Game 7 also. The Sharks have to get this dub. Joe Thornton's on his last legs, and this is his last chance to win the Stanley Cup. I think the Sharks got to reach back, and they got to win this game on the road and force a Game 7. This is where I will watch hockey. Playoff. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say I haven't this. watched much either. It's okay. Playoff. I do a hockey show. Scott carries the hockey people. show. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> basically with me, I, I'm a Devils fan. However, I love for some for a lot of reasons. I love the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> I I just think that they uh, have two guys on that team, uh, Jonathan Taze and my boy Patty Kane, who is my favorite player. Not only because he's a, a beast, <laughs> but because he literally assaulted a cab driver over twenty five cents. How do you assault a cab driver over twenty five cents, Jules? I don't know, man. Uh, so, <laughs> um. Listen, um, playoff hockey, there's nothing like it. Uh, the Bruins. Either oh, the sh- yes, the Bruins are in the Stanley Cup. So, I, I wanted to bite my tongue on that because another Boston team is in the finals, and that makes me sick. I can't do it with these Boston teams anymore. Where so, is he? So please, if it's the Sharks or it's the Blues, end this madness. I do not want to see another title raised in that godforsaken city. Oh. <laughs> uh. uh. Well, it's I can sickening. only say my my team, my favorite team. Everyone knows. I don't need to explain it. Uh, no, <laughs> three straight Super Bowls, uh, maybe making it four. Hopefully, hopefully not. But I know you're just as disgusted as I am with the Red Sox winning it all. Of course I am. I don't want to see that shit. And I, I know you don't want to see the Bruins either. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh boy, um, there's. Three guys on the – we have an update that Scott's really – Scott said he's worried about the Sharks, which doesn't make me happy because I think the Blues have a worse shot at beating the Bruins than the Sharks do, which is why I'm really hoping we see a game seven. What's but the he said Carlson, Hurdle, and possibly Pavelski are out for the Sharks, which are three key players, and there was a fight between players at practice. Oh, Jesus. So the Sharks might not be in the best state of mind right now. 
Yeah, that's going to be a bit of a problem. And they're on the road in a hostile crowd. And if they're missing those guys and there's in-house fighting, that could be an issue. But hopefully they could overcome with all those problems and somehow force a game seven. So let's go, Sharks. Get it back to the Shark Tank. Yep. Get it done. We got uh, our boy Kyle. That's what we're doing for that as well. Your Titan King. Oh, King Titan? Oh, you're King Titan, yeah. Titan King, King Titan. I used to think you called him that because of Thanos. No, no. I called him that because I I call him a lot of things. I call him King (laughs) Titan. Um, I call him Oakland A's. Disaster. I call him a lot of things. And he jokes. We joke around. I don't don't see him a lot. Yeah, I've been seeing him here and there, but that that doesn't matter right now. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. But (laughs) we got to talk about other stuff. (laughs) So, um, how about... All right, Jets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, All I've been right. waiting for this and this trying took to me, keep... This took me a while, actually. I don't know why it took me 35 minutes to get into this, but... All right, so now, since we're talking about workplace stuff, this is where I found out this godforsaken news of my franchise, the Jets. You see, I'm wearing the Jets hat and the Knicks jersey just to show them loyal to these two godforsaken clown shows, but it is really tough being a fan of these teams. The ownership groups are incompetent, and just when I was starting to get over the fact that we didn't get Zion... Bravi comes to me around lunchtime and he looks at his phone and he gives and he has a shock look on his face. He gave me a little like eye roll sort of and he was like, Oh shit and then he shows him he comes up to me and he's like, You're not gonna like this and then he's like Judge just fire Mike the Cagnet and I was just like You're kidding, right? Like I actually thought it was a joke. And then I look at my phone and what do you know? The judge of fire Mike McCagnan. And honestly, I have so many thoughts about this. I've been holding it for, not weeks, but however many days it's been. But what the fuck is going on in Foreign Park right now? I just want to know. Because the thing that makes this really frustrating is that there were reports about this possibly happening after the draft, which I also found baffling because any normal franchise... They would fire them with the coach if they wanted to fire the GM. They wouldn't let him spend the money and draft the players, then fire him. That's why I have a problem with this. If you want to fire him because his draft record is shitty, it's fine. He didn't do the best job. And the only good picks he had fell into his lap, you could argue. With Adams, Leonard Williams. I mean, Hernzon was a good pick, and he signed Robbie, so I'll give him credit for all his moves. But his free agent signings were pretty horrendous, minus 2015. Uh, Jermaine was awful last year. That was a big money, hopefully not wasted, but that's a whole other story. And then all the bust, all, and Hackenberg is a blemish that no one can escape. I don't care what you've done. Yeah. The second-round draft pick doesn't even see the field. That's really embarrassing. And, and no one had a second-round grade on him either. That's what makes it worse. That was just a complete shit show. And then he trade. the best thing he did was the Sam Darnold trade. That's what I'll have to give the most credit for probably at the end of the day. He's stuck for top balls too long, probably. Another issue. But then you so you see how this circus works? Because he didn't get to pick top balls. Top balls was already higher than we got our GM. And now you do the same bullshit. Gase doesn't get to pick the GM. But then he's like, oh, there's no rift. Five days before McTaggart gets fired. Oh, there's no rift. Everything's fine. And oh, yeah, everything's fine. And then boom, he gets fired. So Gase, you're a crock of shit. <sighs> And honestly, I think he was plotting this for a while. And I think he's he now is... So Adam Gase is now our iterative GM. This is the state of our franchise that we have Adam Gase making the decisions. And what does he do as soon as he... Not even... When Mike McCagney is not even fully out the door. 
He trades Darren Lee for a six-round pick. And we drafted this man in the first round. And we get a six back for him. That is brilliant thinking, you fucking jackass. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say this. Literally, the Jets, <laughs> and I tweeted this, the Jets made so many strides to get away from the clown show. And then we just and go then right they, back to it. So an, NF, an NFC executive said it the best. I don't know who said it. It was anonymous. Of but course it they was. are a one-step, uh, two-step forward, one-step back organization. They go out. They get. They have all this money to spend. They go out. They get Le'Veon Bell. And that's about to be a big thing, too, that I'm about to get into. But go yep. ahead. Go ahead. They go out and they get C.J. Mosley, two of the best players on the market. I love they both go. these moves. They dra- what do they do? They go out and get the best slot receiver this this uh, free agent class this year. Jamie Crowder. Okay. What else do they do? Oh, I don't know. They, um... Osmelly. They got the awesome... Yeah, something like that. The guy, the lineman from the Raiders. There you go. We need a line Sol- solidifying the offensive line. The one thing they did botch is not getting a center. Yeah, so, well, that's a whole I think that's actually where a lot of the disconnect is. That's a good point you hit on because so, I think and the Anthony Barr situation, which I still am completely He completely derailed it. Yeah, yeah, that was Gates was really upset about that. Um I'm not that upset about it anymore. I mean, he is a jackass and a scumbag still, don't get me wrong, but it ends up helping us getting Lev Bell, but Gates apparently didn't want to pay that money for Lev Bell, so that's a whole other story we get to deal with now. And apparently he also thought C.J. Mosley and Jameson Crowder were making too much money, so that's fun, too. Did he, he said that, yes, too? Yes, apparently all this stuff has been said by Gates, and that's not a great situation to walk into next year. Who I'm, the hell was he to think that they make too much money? The guy is an offensive coordinator, head coach, and what did he do in Miami? He, If you ask anybody... Dolphins who, fans do not like this hey, guy. Adam Gase. DJ was laughing his ass off when we hired him, and now he has control of our football decisions. That's what the – he made the playoffs one time, and he had mediocre quarterback play. Okay, fine. Your quarterbacks were bad. All right, I get it. But why would he – he barely gave Kenzie and Drake the ball. He likes his running back by committee bullshit. And, yes, I call it bullshit because back in the day, you had one good running back. You need the committee bullshit. It was Curtis Martin with Danny Thomas and Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, Quinn and Portis. Who else was a dog back then? I'm trying to think. Like, all the workhorse running backs. Uh, Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon was a good one. Jerome Bettis. And none of these guys had any help. They did it by themselves, and they won games. And they helped their team make deep playoff runs. And some of them won Super Bowl. Some of them didn't. But I think most of them didn't. But regardless, you get what I mean. Yeah. The teams could success with – you can still succeed with one dominant running back. You don't need a running back by committee because you know what that means? That means they aren't very good if you need more than one of them. The Jets have... Except Kamara and Ingram were really good. Like, there's a couple exceptions, but you get what I'm saying. Arguably, Le'Veon Bell is the best running back You don't need anyone else. That's it. You don't need anyone give, else. Give the man the rock. I can't wait you to see... You can keep him in on passing situations. The guy's blocking is much better than I thought it was, actually, mm-hmm. after watching tape. Yes. And the guy <laughs> is the best... I did tell you that. I arguably, you that. and I'm going to say this, Jules, and I'm sorry, he's arguably the best wide receiver on the Jets, too. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can say it. That's why I don't think... That's why I don't understand why people bitch about the money we paid him, because he's literally a wide out, You're too. paying him... Now he's I, a three-down running back, and he's better him, than a lot of wide outs in the league. <laughs> you're paying him to basically pay, play two positions, basically, in a way. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So, we are well, yeah. So here's <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, Adam Gase is nothing but a freaking he idiot. He needs to get off his high horse, and he needs to freaking settle down. He's, but okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I I just I don't like Adam Gase. I'm I not a fan either. I wasn't happy listen, when we hired him. Listen, I get it. 
a lot of people say this. Oh, he's an offensive guru. I'm sorry. You want to know an offensive guru when you see it? In my opinion, there's two guys who are offensive gurus. His name is Josh McDaniels and uh, Andy Reid. Those two are offensive gurus. Yes, and um, yeah, that's uh, I'm, I, I'm drawing a blank. Sean Payton, there we go. Sean Payton's very good. Um, however, yeah, good I'm examples. sorry, Adam Gase. Sorry. Yeah, you had Peyton Manning. Yeah, he he. That's the biggest thing on his resume that he was the quarterback coach of Peyton Manning. Peyton freaking Manning, who who calls his own plays and does his own audibles. That's that's what we're going with. And okay, it was a record breaking season. I get the case helped him somewhat, but it's Peyton Manning. It's not like he helped some bum off the street. I Come think on. that I'm Although sorry. Although Tannehill, he got to the playoffs and he did use Matt Moore and Osweiler won games with fine. I'll give him credit for that, but. I think he was what twenty three and twenty five. What was his record in Miami? I think that was it actually. Yeah, I think Did it was I get tw- it right. Yeah, twenty three and twenty five. The guy's mediocre. He starts off good in the year when it gets, when the going gets tough in the beginning of the year when it's warm down and fl- when it's warm and teams that don't like playing in warm weather, hence the Patriots, and you beat them down there. When the going gets tough deep down in November and December, what do you do? You guys fucking crumble. That's what it, the Dolphins do. Adam yeah, when Gase, the games matter, they shit the bed. Adam exactly. Gase has no right to be a head coach. I'm sorry. The guy is nothing but mediocre at best. I said it once. I'll say it again. The Jets really should have hired Mike McCarthy and literally forced him to, to take a deal because Mike McCarthy would have been perfect perfect for Sam Darnold and the thing is too listen Adam Gase may really turn around Sam Darnold but literally right now not even before they could take a snap in the 2019 season you have taken the Jets from trying to take them away from clown show ass hattery to bringing it back to foolishness you have made Mm. this team look stupid again they, they get new uniforms. They get new logos. And it's the same old Jets because of incompetent management. They're Chris trying. and Woody Johnson. And Woody is a fucking jackass, too. All right. So, I'm going to go be the ambassador for Trump. Here you go, Chris. Have fun while I'm doing this. What's, and you know nothing about football, but you can now own this team. Oh, and now you can make decisions on who's going to run stuff. And you know no, no, nothing, Chris. You know nothing. You know literally nothing. Because he's, and then you want to hear the comment that really gets me going. He said, oh, I finally was able to watch and see the job McCagney had done. What have you been doing for two years, dude? You've had control of this team for two years. You want to know something? What the fuck, dude? Like This is the the sixth head coach the Jets have hired since 2000. Oh, Jesus. And... You want to know it's something? It's the first offensive coach we've got, yeah. which I was happy about a little bit, but now I, I will. T- I will tell you this though, Jules. Why? <laughs> since two thousand, the AFC, the, the AFC bit. East has high. The Bills have hired ten coaches since two thousand. The oh, Dolphins God. have hired ten coaches. Oh, God. You guys have hired six, and the Patriots have kept the same one. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So right. it's I'm I'm just gonna end it with this with the Jets. I'm, I, they really turned it around in the beginning. Yeah, I thought and we Adam had. Gase, I thought we actually, as Aaron Boone loved to say, I thought we turned the corner. Adam Gase finally got the Infinity Gauntlet and snapped <laughs> his fingers, and that's what he did. And now look at what you're seeing with the Jets. It's pathetic. And I'm looking at those records you have right now. That's the past four years. We're 24 and 30 under Bowles and McCagney regime. So, okay, look, like we said, if you want to fire McCagney, I wouldn't kill you for it, but the timing's so off. The only saving grace I will give this team, and I do have one out for them, if they've hired Joe Douglas, I can live with that decision. I think it's the best decision going forward, obviously. Peyton Manning would have been like, uh, that would have been really interesting. I don't know how what would have happened with that. Maybe that would have been a big risk. I don't think we would should be willing to take at this point. But also... 
it, here's the thing. My friend Marty, who's an Eagles fan, told me that this might not be as crazy as I think because we had to wait till after the draft with Douglas until we truly wanted <laughs> because he had to do the draft stuff with the Eagles. Like yeah. He couldn't leave early, but I, I just like it still looks really bad. Like we'll see how it all comes together. I'm just really nervous with Gase as the active GM. He has a quick trigger and he likes to trade players off for less than they're worth, and it's not a great situation. Also, you have a roster he didn't build, and what I don't know, but we should calm down a little bit. Jets fans, let's try to relax. We still have a good roster. We've made a lot of nice moves. Just hopefully he doesn't fuck this up. That's all we can hope for at this point. He Like, getting rid of the Jordan Waggett, fine, whatever. That, that was a useless pick, and Wisco should be better, honestly. That's a good draft pick, I think. And then they fired some scout. I mean, whatever. Who's Our scouts weren't really that doing their job anyway, so fine. <laughs> but now they're saying he wants to make more changes to the coaching staff, and I don't know like what that's going to entail. Maybe that's not the end of the world either. I don't know, but all right, Jets fans, let's breathe. Let's breathe a little bit. <sighs> yeah, uh, I got to calm down. Yeah, It'll be okay. We'll see what happens. Okay, so that we have a long time till we have to worry about football, thankfully. Although you want to say some minor moves that took place today, sure. then we put we'll have to hit it pretty soon. Yeah, probably. we gotta hit it. We gotta get. Uh, okay, so real quick today, I'll go through yesterday. Yesterday, if you have not heard, there's been rumors going about Kyle Rudolph is on the trading block. Well, there's one team in for his services, and that's my team, the New England Patriots. The Patriots and the Vikings have been in, in extensive talks. How long has this been going on? For the past two days. Oh Jesus! To try to work out a deal for the Patriots to acquire. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I would love this deal. Uh, so we will keep that monitored on that. Also yesterday, something that was inevitable, the Buccaneers released defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. We've been talking about this for weeks, yep. and they finally did it because now they have to start paying their draft picks, and those idiots realize they can't pay everyone. Yep. So there goes Gerald McCoy. Yep. What a clown show that is. At least I'm not a Bucs fan. <laughs> I like the Bucs too. <laughs> not the Bucs. But um, <laughs> so – uh, Gerald McCoy released a statement saying that he wants to win. So there's two teams in the front running for his services, and that's the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots. Browns, please. Other Patriots news yesterday: they re-signed Danny Sheldon yes, to a one-year deal. That. And also today, Jared Valdir, who we just re just signed eight days ago, has decided he retired. <laughs> Great. Now we need to go find another tackle. So. Anyway, <laughs> with that being said, there's also a suit of the yep, Bucks. Yep. So the Buccaneers needed to replace Jared McCoy, and what better way to go get one of the best defensive tackles on the market? And that's Nadamikin. So he signed a one-year change too. Just signed a one-year deal today. We do not know the number yet. Oh, okay. That will probably come out. Come out later, and also the Jets today released tight end Jordan Leggett. Yes, we and did. he was picked up off of waivers by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh yeah, you see the Bucks are getting very active, but. All right, all right. So, that's and that's basically all the news in football right now. Baseball, Yankees are the huge comeback win. This team just keeps rolling, like we said. I just want to give a quick update about Yankees and Mets. Then we're gonna, then we're gonna hit yeah. it. But um, so Yankees were down six one. Doesn't matter. They come back and win it anyway. Glaber Torres has two homers. Sanchez has a big homer, and this team just keeps rolling. Sanchez and Torres have really feasted on the Orioles pitching. They each have around eight homers against the Orioles, and they're just. We played him again tonight. Tonight is Herman. It's Herman's season. He's 8-1. I love that guy. <laughs> Let's see if he can keep it rolling. Herman has now made it fun. He's like, every fifth day when Herman pitches, I'm like, yes, Herman's pitching. Like, he's one of those guys, you know, I look forward to each start he makes. And I just can't wait to see him keep building on this success. And then 
we for the Mets we have a disaster going on in Queens. So Mets, Jets, and Knicks this one Knicks they just kind of lucky, but Jets and Mets dysfunction is at its highest point ever. It's just these teams are just trapped. Like they're trapped in cycles of dysfunction. Like when you think they're gonna clear it, boom. So now the latest thing with the Mets is. Not only do they get embarrassingly swept by the Marlins, who are the worst team in the game, and I'm going to say they're even worse than the Orioles. Huh. They get shut out by them in back-to-back days, which is almost unheard of and laughable. And it's also the first time the Marlins swept a series since 2017. So the Mets have that going for them. Then you have the whole mess with Mickey Callaway possibly in the hot seat. But then Van Wagenen comes out and says that we're going to stick with Callaway and that he believes in the guys in the locker room and they're just underperforming. Huh. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Syndergaard and DeGrom haven't lived up to it. Wheeler's been hot and cold as well. The bats, besides Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil, have been really horrendous. And Robinson all... Cano was a big thing with him not hustling. Is that what you are about to get to? I was about to get to the other big guy. We're going to talk. Oh, yes. Yeah. So here, this will be a good joke. You'll like this. So Cespedes, I guess, went down Old Town Road. And he rode his horse till he couldn't no more. Literally till he couldn't no more. You <laughs> like that, don't you? That I was hilarious that. because he fractured both his ankles. Both of them? I think so. That's what they're saying. Or, but he's he won't be playing this year. Who knows? He was trying to recover off the two heel surgeries he had, and now he fractures his ankles. What a mess this dude is. Yeah, it's a can't really stay healthy. The Met, what a flop. It seems like when I, I was telling my dad, it seems like whenever the Mets sign someone to a big contract, it's an automatic bust. Yep. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Whenever the Mets give someone paper, they just fold. Pedro? Yep. Well, he was over the hill, too, and Johan's arm fell off. Like, it doesn't matter who the player is or how good they are. If the Mets sign them, they're done. Yep. You go to the <laughs> – you want – literally. You go to the Mets Back to in die. the day, in football, <laughs> when you were bad, they traded you to the Browns. And, and Raiders, too. Yep. Like, Browns and Raiders is where you went to And die. now they're actually t- turning it around. But the Mets, if you're bad, you're going to get traded to the Mets, and your career <laughs> will just be over. Oh, my God. What a sad story for the Mets and Cespedes. Cespedes my dude, too. Like, I really like him. He's Cuban, obviously. And I, I had to drop him in our league because I needed the space on the roster and so many guys are injured. So Cespedes is now a free agent in fan tracks. So that's that. And I don't know if he'll ever play again, to be honest with you. Yeah, Things are not looking good for him. It, his career is really taking a downhill spiral. It's it's kind of disappointing yeah, because I'm very he was such a great about player. This. If there was, I mean, I don't root for the Mets to fail. It's just ironically funny how bad all this stuff turns out. But, like, I really like to see him do well. It's a shame. But the Mets and Jets, like I said, the clown shows continue. We're just cursed franchises. We haven't won a championship since 1969, and it's continuing in amplitude. Actually, no, Mets 86. were 86. I fucked up. But, you know, the last time three teams, I think, all won in the same city, unless the Bruins did this, or Celtics did this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... 1969, Knicks, Jets, and Mets. Who would have thought that was possible? I don't wow. know. That's, that's like a foreign concept to me. All those teams winning in the same year. I mean, I can't even see any of them winning at all, and then they do it all in the same year. Wow, things must have been way different back then. <laughs> but um, has Boston ever had that happen? Did they ever have three in a season? Yeah. Who'd they have? If I'm not mistaken, uh... Oh no no! This might be their first year. I know Patriots and Red in Sox 2000, together. In two thousand seven, the Reds. Well, in two thousand four, the Red Sox won. The Patriots won, but the Bruins and the uh, Celtics won in like oh nine or ten. I, I could think. tell you this: the Celtics. I mean, I'm sorry, the Red Sox and the um, Bruins have won in the same year. I think in twenty. Am I right? Twenty eleven. 
The Red Sox won in 2007, 2011, 13, and 18. Yeah, I think you're right. But I got to give a quick update somewhere out. So Yankees injury news, which was always a lot of. Giancarlo Stanton started his rehab. There's a chance he could be back from the Memorial Day series. Maybe not this weekend, they said. That's what I heard. Conflicting things about that. But we'll see. Paxton throwing a bullpen over the weekend. He could rejoin us soon as well. He's going to throw Friday three innings simulated game. Judge started fielding activities, but nothing yet. Apparently, Tulo's rehabbing, too, but I just don't think he should be brought back at all, honestly. I don't think we need him, really. I think Urshela is doing a good job, even Estrada, but we'll see what happens with the Yankees. I think we got to cut it, brother. Yeah. So, I'm Julian Gallardi. I'm Bobby Thompson. We'll see you guys soon.